Welcome to Unbound, a health and wellness podcast. This is a show for the chain breakers of the holistic health community, the ones who know that their journey is pain to purpose to promise. I'm your host and integrative health practitioner, Krista Lynn. Through my holistic health practice, Soma Sounder, I'm here to help you choose into a healing journey and make your life your medicine holistically using a functional and somatic approach to health. In this space, you'll hear stories of healing, hope, and transformation from holistic health practitioners and doctors, coaches, and community members with incredible stories to tell. This show is not intended to diagnose, treat, or make any medical claims, but rather to give you a space to feel seen, inspired, and empowered with knowledge. Now let's get to today's episode. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode. So happy to be recording this today. Um, Today, we are talking about a topic that I really feel strongly relates to both the physical and emotional aspects of your health. Um, And for those of you who are stuck in a perfectionistic all or nothing mindset, I think that you're really going to enjoy this topic. Today, we're going to be talking about the shame cycle and what it is, how it works, and how you can break it, how you can start to make moves to break it. So, um, There are two types of shame. There is natural shame and there is toxic shame. Um, By the way, a lot of the um, different analogies I'm going to use or information I'm going to be sharing is inspired by uh, Healing the Shame That Binds You by John Bradshaw. So check that book out if you are resonating with what I'm talking about today. It would definitely be super helpful. So natural shame helps us to decipher right and wrong, right? We all have this innate moral compass. We know that that is a part of us and we have laws to protect our moral compass and define right or wrong. So we know that some some healthy shame, some natural shame is helpful to us because it keeps us on the straight and narrow, right? It helps us to be a good human in the world. It helps us to choose what might be the right or wrong choice for us and have that awareness. So healthy shame allows us to grow and operate from our own moral compass. It helps facilitate these right versus wrong actions while not identifying the self with it. So natural shame says I've done something wrong or I've done something bad. So it doesn't identify the self with it. It's just an action that you've done. Toxic shame This is what starts to rule the shame cycle. And this is when you identify with the shame and it sounds like I am bad or I am wrong or I am a mistake. Um, Toxic shame leads to feelings of worthlessness and inner judgment, which often sounds like, quote, if they really knew me, they wouldn't accept me, right? So it has all of these demeaning, um, inner critic. For me personally, I call it my mean girl voice. (laughs) <laughs> but it might be uh, your inner mean mean voice. And um, so we want to take a look at, you know, if you are spiraling in some area, you're feeling really bad about yourself or you're having these thoughts or um, phrases that sound like they're echoing worthlessness or inner critic, then we need to take a look at what's underneath of that. So when we partner with toxic shame instead of staying in healthy shame, we perpetuate the shame cycle, which looks a little something like this. It starts with distorted thinking, which is that I am bad, I am flawed and defective as a human being thinking, right? That limiting belief, I am a mistake. And then that leaves us into mood alterations, right? So it's 
no one could ever love me as I am. I need something outside of myself to be whole and okay. So we're grasping and whether that's an addiction, a relationship, codependency, perfectionism, um, really anything at all that you're grasping for outside of you. Honestly, even some will use faith practices or spirituality to perpetuate this perfectionism. And we see that sometimes um, in these circles, in these, in these realms of spirituality and religion. So then that leads us to the acting out cycle, which looks like rituals, um, acting out in general, behaviorally, remorseful thinking or meta shame, and then obsessing on addictions or compulsions. Um, so we find ourselves in that negative feedback loop, which leads us to potentially life damaging consequences. So this can look like bigger little things, right? It can look like disgust with your body, caught in an adulterous relationship, caught by the law, a hangover, a blackout, um, just self-sabotage. So you take this as big or as little of a scale as it resonates with you. Um, but understanding this is how we can understand individuals who take big actions that maybe we're not super sure why they took big action, but we can see when we take a look at the shame cycle that it actually was a place, it's coming out of a place of toxic shame, not out of them having no moral compass. Um, this whole cycle is adapted from Dr. Pat Carney's book, Out of the Shadows. So I just want to give credit where credit is due in how he just beautifully lays out that cycle. So what does toxic shame sound like? Here's a few sounds of toxic shame. I'm not good enough. If they really knew me, I'll never get there. This is just the way that I am. I wish I was different. I'll never change. I am a mistake. I am disgusting. Any variation or phrase that sounds kind of like this, we have a problem. We need to take a look at that and see what is going on here. What happens as a result of toxic shame? When we partner with toxic shame as a part of our identity and begin to limit what we think is possible within ourselves, we continue coping with short-term gratification, which perpetuates the false belief that we will never change, that we are flawed and we can never be fully loved if people only knew the messy parts of us, right? So let's take um, some common examples that I see, see a lot, uh, have experienced, and um, some of these could be emotionally eating, it could be self-sabotage, it could be sex or pornography addiction, it could be codependency in relationships, it could be perfectionism, right? Any of those things. Usually there's immense shame when we find ourselves doing the thing that we don't wanna be doing anymore, the thing that we actually want to change. And so then when we go to instant gratification, that typically looks like the dopamine hit that is the um, binge eating, that is the pornography session, that is the um, codependent relationship, that is the maybe even extra job. Maybe you are a work addict and you feel like if you're not filling all of your free time with work, 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 you're unproductive and every moment of every day has to be working or else you are a failure. So you put in your own examples of these. It can look like a negative or even a positive behavior that's actually toxic. Um, a really common example of this is orthorexia, where everything has to be perfect with the quality of the food. Um, and so a healthy idea has now turned into a toxic situation, toxic pattern. So um, those are a couple of, of examples. But think about when you get in the heat of the moment, you just want comfort, you want that instant dopamine hit, 
and the instant gratification is not going to be the long-term result that you want. It's going to be the thing that you wish that you didn't do anymore. So understanding that it's really normal to cycle back into the habits or behavioral patterns that you actually want to break in the first place because of your human nature. Your nervous system is always trying to bring you back into balance and it's your body protecting you on a neurological level. So the only way to break the shame cycle then is to see and love yourself in the midst of these cycles, right? Because we can't just expect ourselves to break the cycle when we're in the middle of shame because what would feel safer to your nervous system, right? Um, you know, the instant dopamine hit or uh, the long-term maybe hard habit that leaves you in an uncomfortability, right? Obviously, you're going to choose the instant gratification. It's human nature, pain or pleasure concept. So we actually have to override that thinking, which is really hard because by the age of 35, 95% of your neural pathways are set. Your computer of your mind is set in a way of doing something, which means that you know, you might have a really big part of you that wants to take forward moving action, but only 5% of you is free to do that action unless you override and outthink yourself. So understanding how difficult this is, this is not an easy task, but 100% it's possible. And this is why coaching, therapy, etc., neuroplasticity work on yourself, neuroemotional work on yourself, and neuro repatterning is so essential to this process because you're not meant to be able to do it alone. Your body's trying to protect you. It's the way that your brain was designed. So let's, let's kind of just paint that whole picture, right? Let's look at an action that fulfills instant gratification, usually leads us to guilt and shame because it operates out of a place of fear and motivation. An action that fulfills a long-term need promotes self-love because it operates out of love and leverages healthy discipline. So why do we, why do we just kind of, our, our knee-jerk reaction is to go to the guilt and the shame. The knee-jerk reaction is if we love ourselves, our, our subconscious thinks if we love ourselves, we will perpetuate the behavior. If we don't punish, if we don't self-punish, that behavior will continue. And while that's logical, it's actually not true. If you are shaming on top of shame, you're just going to lead yourself to the habit that led you there in the first place. So there are three ways that we meet our needs. Patterns of pain are simply needs being met through a partnership with fear. So there's the negative way, which is partnered with fear. There's a neutral way where you have total unawareness as to what needs you're trying to meet. You don't even know why you're doing this thing. You just feel bad and you feel like you can't stop. And then the empowering way, which is knowing why you do what you do and acting out of love and healthy self-discipline. So we actually have to take time to get to know ourselves, to get to know what need is that uh, pattern, behavioral pattern trying to meet and um, what's behind it, when did it start, and how can we actually make a way forward for ourselves in um, partnering with love and, and empowering ourselves in a behavioral change. There are three steps to partnering with love and meeting your needs. The first one is awareness, and this is what I was just talking about, just bringing awareness to what you're feeling and why. And then this is really the hardest part is the validation, the self-talk. You need to learn how to acknowledge and validate the emotion through your inner child and what this sounds like. So this really is a tough one to learn because we're so programmed to discipline, to self-discipline, to self-punish, and just to quote-unquote try harder, right? Like there is a... There is a song that I'm actually going to link in the show notes that I want you to listen to if you um, 
enjoyed this or resonated with this podcast, you're resonating with the topic, which I think on some level we all can a little bit, but it's called fitter, happier. And it's this robotic voice that just the whole time it's saying things like fit, fitter, happier, more productive, more time on, on, at the gym, um, less caffeine, um, you know, go on a diet, all of these different things that it's just, our culture is just saturated with shame and implicit messages that you could do better you could be better you could look better you could try harder and it's so sad and when you hear it in this robotic voice just these phrases over and over again it is heartbreaking because you can feel in your body how um, how often we actually hear these things and how painful that is to our inner child i'm like getting the chills talking about it <laughs> you probably hear how passionate i am um but that is so you would never talk to a little kid like that Unless you are, you know, not a nice human, which there are most certainly not nice parents out there, not nice adults or authority figures or mentor figures out there. So totally acknowledging that that is, um, that is out there. And some of you have experienced that. I'm so sorry that you have, but there's also, uh, the truth that that was never meant to be like, that's not how authority figures or parent figures were meant to be. And it's just because we are all dealing with toxic shame and those people have pain themselves that are you know, they're trying to work through. Lastly, the last step is an actionable step that chooses into love through meeting the long-term need. So, you know, we need to actually know what the need is that's trying to be fulfilled before we can take an actionable step. I'll give you my own example on this. Um, I'm very open about uh, my history of struggling with eating disorders. I have struggled on some levels with anorexia, orthorexia, bulimia, slash binge eating disorder. And so in all of those uh, situations, uh, there was a need that was going unmet. And so when I was struggling with bulimia and um, binge eating disorder, the need that was going unmet was comfort. And so when I actually realized I just need comfort, I'm lonely right now, I need to be comforted, uh, I'm not feeling well, this was especially difficult when I was getting really sick with Lyme disease, um, I needed to uh, find a different way to to do comfort. I needed to find a different way to speak life into myself and to comfort myself without food, right? Um, and so for me, that looked like when I wanted to binge, consciously overriding that decision and playing my guitar. And sometimes I binged after I played guitar, sometimes I didn't. Um, also, if you hear the background noise, I just got a new puppy. Um, and we are on about day three together and he's making some noise in the background. So um, don't mind that. But, you know, sometimes I succeeded and sometimes maybe in a perfectionistic eye, maybe I didn't succeed. But what actually determines the success was um, how I responded to, let's say I did a different activity. Sometimes I play guitar, sometimes I would go for a walk or paint or do some yoga, uh, sing. And so sometimes I would do really well with that and I wouldn't need to um, indulge in food after for comfort and sometimes I wouldn't and that's okay. What started to really change the trajectory for me was that the times that I did end up binge eating, um, when I decided to not shame myself, when I decided to not try to compensate for the calories, compensate for the quote unquote mistake, that's when things changed. That's when I felt immense love for myself. That's when I knew that it was possible to start to make changes. And so if you are in a place where all you do is let your mean person voice, mean girl, mean boy, um, whoever you are, uh, let that voice out to start to run the show, 
then that is what needs to change first is that voice inside of you that's responding with, um, you know, inner criticism with mean statements. Uh, see if you can override that and protect the little kid in you. Start talking to the little kid in you like you would if you were protecting them. You are their protector now. And um, it takes definitely uh, a lot of practice to cultivate that self-talk. Again, which is why working through some of this with a helper uh, and healer is really helpful. Some needs that you may be uh, trying to fill, some common needs, certainty, uncertainty, significance, connection, growth, contribution, feeling seed, seen, heard, known, understood, and validated. These are all really common needs. If you need a place to start, you're like, well, I have no idea what need is trying to be fulfilled, right? So if you are lonely, maybe you need connection. If you are uncertain, maybe you need something that you know is going to be a steady and a constant in your life. Um, if you need growth, maybe you need to learn a new skill and stimulate your brain in a new way. If you need significance, maybe you need to care for something or somebody else. Um, so just some ideas, but these are some common ways. If you're kind of having a hard time putting the common denominators together, these are good places to start. So I'd encourage you to do that work. I'd also encourage you to reach out and let's connect. Let's do a couple of sessions together. I don't only have my, I do, you know, I have my functional healing programs, but I also do um, either a la carte spy sessions, somatic parts integration work, or I bundle them at a discount. So if you want to buy three or more sessions, we can just do some of that work one-on-one -on -one together and we can get you started on a healing journey and see if that um, points you in the direction. Sometimes you only need a few sessions to make changes and sometimes you really resonate with working one-on-one -on -one with somebody. And I've had clients that I've been working with for over a year because they just prefer to lean into support. I still lean into somebody for support with this. I have a parts work session myself with a helper and healer um, often because I need to be filled up and I need the accountability and I need to feel nurtured. And, and that means sometimes having somebody that you intentionally know is going to facilitate that experience for you so that you don't feel so alone in it. You can do a lot of the work on your own, right? And that's your job in between sessions. That's your job to make sure the work that we do together sticks, but you're not meant to go at it alone. And um, there's no shame in asking for help with these things. You're meant to lean into your relationships. That's why you were wired for connection so that we could carry each other's burdens. So um, if you are feeling connected to that idea, you've been curious about working together, I would love to help you and connect with you and hear about what's going on. So feel free to book a free um, consultation on the phone or reach out to me on Instagram or email with questions. All that information is in the show notes. And uh, I hope that you guys got a lot out of this podcast and um, are out there ready to break the shame cycle. Again, the book recommendation also will be in the show notes, Healing the Shame That Binds You by John Bradshaw. And um, you guys, I just want you to know that you're loved, you're seen, you're heard, and um, it makes so much sense. Whatever you're feeling right now, there's a reason why, and there's hope for the future to change it.